Good morning, everyone. Hope you have a wonderful day. We continue. We left off. Track the Chagiga, the second chapter, 13a on the top. First line. Zok the Hedlik Gemara. Rabbi 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 Another thing Rabbi Rabbi Yaakov said. Oyd l'kiyechad eshlamayil l'mrashachayis. There's one more heaven above the heads of the chayis, the angels. They're called chayis. So if it says the mus arashachayim, the kia, that there's a there's like a heaven. Above the heads of the chayis, like the color of awesome, looks like the color of awesome ice. Over the heads, above them, right from above. Now this is not counted as one of the seven heavens. It's a heaven on top. Till this point, you're allowed to speak. Beyond this point, you're not allowed to. Speak. It's above. He says, "Don't speak about what's above." So you can talk about seventh heaven, even up to the rakia that's on top of it, on top of the chayes. But beyond that, you're not allowed to uh, speak. Also, Ben It's written in the book of Ben to the apocrypha that wasn't incorporated in the in the Tanakh. Yeah, yeah. It's the beginning of the second temple. It's a collection of proverbs. It's quoted in the Gemara. Yes, it's quoted in the Gemara. Um, I mean, some of these we don't have in our present version, but obviously this was in the book of Siddur. That which is removed from you, don't inquire. That which is shrouded from you, don't probe. In other words, Hashem didn't want to reveal it, so it has to remain secret. By measure, she says, that which you are allowed to contemplate, think about. You have no business dealing with esoterics. Because if you're going to force yourself, try to figure out, to comprehend things that are beyond the comprehension, you're only going to destroy yourself. As the Rambam says, like straining your eyes, trying to see things that you can't see. So even things that you were formerly able to see, you're no longer able to see. You ruin your eyesight. That's all you're doing. So don't strain yourself to go beyond your capacity. Hashem gave you your capacity. You have to know your limits. Yeah, we learn. Learn the Baraisa. the what response did the Paschal, the heavenly voice, give to Nebuchadnezzar when he said, Send on the cloud, I'm going gonna, I'm like, I'm gonna to liken myself to Hashem, who's on high. Heavenly voice came out and said, Evil, the son of evil. Ben ben Noishan Nimre the Rasha, descendant of Nimre the Rasha, Shimre Kalam Kulo of Machus. He was the first one, he rebelled, caused a rebellion in the whole world against Hashem. Kamish Nesha Shaladu. How many are the years of man? Shivim Shana, 70 years. Now it says, Meshan is 80, Shivim Shana, as David Amel says in Psalm 90. 70 years, like the David Melech lived 70 years. That, that's, a, that's a life. In big Buddhas, if you're very strong, in Shmeidim Shana, 80 years. So, let me know, it's a little key amount of Hamish Shana. You read the Saturday morning. You read the Saturday morning. Yeah. Yeah, Nebuchadnezzar himself lived a lot longer than that. 
But in saying in general, in general, the average, talking about average, not talking about individuals, average age, 70, very, you know, very robust life, 80. So if you have not, how long will it take you if you walk? How long would it take you to get from earth to heaven? It would take you 500 years. And the thickness of heaven itself is 500 years. The distance between one heaven and the other heaven is 500 years. Above all the seven heavens are above them and the holy chayas. Who carry the throne of glory. Right? They support the seed, the seed of Hashem. Hashem is on top of all the, all the heavens. The feet of the highest are equivalent of all the spans. The ankles of the highest are equivalent to all of them. The lower part of the legs of the highest are equivalent to all of them. The middle part of the legs of the highest. Are equivalent of all of them. The upper parts of the legs of the chayes are equivalent to all of them. The torso of the chayes is equivalent of all of them. The neck of the chayes equivalent to all of them. The heads of the chayes equivalent to all of them. The horns of the chayes equivalent Above them is the throne of glory. The feet of the throne of glory are equivalent of all of them. The throne of glory is equivalent of all of them. And Hashem, the King, the Living, who's an enduring, enduring God, He's exalted, uplifted, He's up, he rests upon them. Martin, you say, I'm going to ascend to the clouds. I'm going to liken myself to Hashem. You're going to be lowered into the hell, to the, into, the, into the pit, to the bottom of the pit. The height of each of this, the distance, the greatness, is as the equivalent of all of them. So here we have 500 years, 15, right? Because you have seven, you have the earth, from earth to heaven, and you have the seven heavens, and between each, so, and then between them and the, and the highest, and the feet is, is, is the same as all of them together, 15 times 500. So you have the original set of heaven in eight, eight spaces. Then you have the feet of the chayas, which is the equivalent of all of that. Then you have the ankles, and which is the equivalent of all of that. And then the lower leg, and the middle leg, and the upper leg, and the torso, and the neck, and the head, and the horns, and the feet of the throne, the throne itself. So altogether, altogether, it would be a journey of it's 90,000 years. <laughs> yeah, because, because you, had, you had 15 times 5, and then you had another 12, which are the equivalent. So 15, so it's 75, 75, right, 7,500 years, 7,500 years, times 12, it's, it's 9,000 years, 90,000 years. That's right. 90,000 years. So it says here, 7,500 year journey should take about 80 million miles. A what? A, a, a 500 year journey? It should be right there, it is right there. 75 year journey, 
Oh, the 7,500 year journey. So if you want to know the distance between Kona and Science, between us and the sun, it's 92 or 93 million. 82 million miles. Yeah. <laughs> Science is 92 and That's just the 75. Uh-huh. We we're talking about a 90,000 90, year journey. Well, I think if the light years, I said it would take you. 500 seconds to get to the sun. The closest star is two and a half light years, and it will be an 86,000 86, uh, year journey. Here we're talking about a 90,000 year journey. So you say they get to the closest star, it's almost, it's almost over, like, like over two, Alpha Centauri. two, right, two, two and a half light years. So that's how distant, that's how distant it is. Actually, I think about the interesting at the lowest. In other words, the lowest level of the higher level is the equivalent of the head and the, everything of the lower level. In the Mishnah says that you're not allowed to expound even to recover the secrets, the esoteric, the mystical, the metaphysics, even to one student, unless he's a Chacham or Mevim Midat. So Tanit you're allowed to teach him the, head, the headings, like the headlines, the headings, not in detail. Chapter headings, that you could, the clues or hints, that. So someone who can understand on his own, he will grasp, and everyone else, they won't know anything. You're just giving him a little hint. Say what the is saying is that when he says you're not allowed to teach any student, he's saying you're not allowed to teach him in depth, in details. But any student, you can give him the, the headings, the outline, exactly. Exactly. The, uh, the, short, the shortened version, the cliff notes. You show him the door. But the Rambam says no. But, but a student who is worthy, you can teach him in great detail. The Rambam says it's the opposite. He is saying, when the Mishnah says that the student who does understand on his own, you're allowed to teach him, even him, you're only allowed to teach him the general headings, and he'll figure it out on his own. Exactly. You're not allowed to uh, teach the chapter headings only to the head of the rabbinic court. President is like a vice president. In other words, he's worthy of being the Nazi. If the Nazi something happens to the Nazi, he steps in like a vice president. So he has to be worthy, qualified, almost like our vice president. So you have to be worthy and qualified in case. In case of emergency, in case of emergency, so if someone who's qualified like that, who could be an Avbe, then, then, then you're allowed to teach him. Call me and anyone whose heart worries. someone whose heart is broken inside, and very. See, most people live very superficial lives. They're very superficial. A person who's constantly restless and broken inside because he has access to something very deep inside and very profound that's very hard for him to put into words. And that's why he's constantly at a loss, constantly struggling, constantly in touch with something very inner and very deep. So someone who has that inner brokenness and inner... Um, seeking and searching and, and, and is restless and unsatisfied and is this is a person who's, who's a vessel, who's a vehicle, is open to receive the secrets of the Kabbalah. Anyone else is not qualified. Okay. It's one and the same. A has to be a big Torah scholar. He has to be someone who's worthy of being the president. 
of the of the Jewish Supreme Court. But oh, but there's another qualification. Not only has to be a, a brilliant mind, he has to have a sterling heart. His heart also has to be very special. He has to have a very deep heart. Just like, huh? It doesn't say the head of the of a court. Okay. So he has to be a big Torah scholar. Just like a person has to think deeply, a person also has to love deeply and has to have a very deep heart. And only then could you, if he has both of these qualities, intellectual perfection and also his heart, has a, a depth. He's a genius of the mind, he's also a genius of the heart. He has to have both. He has to be a genius of the mind and a genius of the heart. That's a rare combination. Someone who has that rare combination, he has both. There are people who are geniuses in the mind, but they have no heart. There are people who are geniuses of the heart, and they're not necessarily geniuses of the mind. A person who has both, such a rare combination, only he's qualified to study the esoteric. You only transmit the teachings of the Kabbalah, of the secrets of Sefer Yitzhira, etc., only to someone who has these five attributes. Sal Hamishim, he's a captain of 50. He's a, he could be appointed to be a captain of 50, you know, when, they, when Yisrael's, Yisrael's suggestion, they should have different captains, different levels. And the Sui Panim, he's a respected person. The Yoyitz, he's an advisor. People come to him for advice, he gives good advice. A teacher of the wise. A comprehender of mysteries. If he has all these five qualities, then he could, uh, you can teach him the secrets of the Torah. Ambam explains, he says that someone who gives good advice, obviously he's a very clever person, he gives good advice, he helps people, but maybe, uh, maybe it's very superficial, he's just very clever, he can, people are stuck, he can give them advice to move forward, but then you also have to be a comprehender of mysteries, you have to be able to really penetrate, to understand the depth of a subject to really get to the heart of the matter, the core and the essence of the matter. But then maybe you never learned, you don't have the information. She says also a teacher, a teacher of the wise. People are silent. Once you open your mouth, people are silent because you have so much knowledge and so much information that people, so if you have all three, a combination of all three, you can give good advice. You have the cleverness and the wit to give good advice and you understand things in depth to the core and their essence and you have the knowledge and the information, the correct knowledge and information then you have that 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 that, that perfect perfect combination. You're not allowed to teach Torah to a non-Jew. It says in Psalm, we say it every day. Psalm one forty-seven, that Hashem. These are the words to Yaakov, the statutes to Israel, not for other nations, not meant for other nations, have been known to them. It's only for the Yid. Yeah. So the Midi says he's talking about specifically teaching secrets of the Torah. It says when Mashiach will come, the whole world will know Hashem, and then there is, then even the Goyim will also learn about Hashem. So as we're getting, as we're a second away from Mashiach, maybe the secrets of the Torah, the deeper depth of the Torah, then we we should teach Goyim. We are allowed to teach Goyim. I'm like Rabbi Yechon, Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Yechon said Rabbi Lazar. I'm going to teach you Maisim Rekhova. I'm not old enough. I'm not old enough. In other words, I don't have the maturity 
to say my heart worries within me, you have to have a very deep, deep emotional maturity. I just don't have it. I learn later, the Gemara said, at a certain age. Uh-huh. When Abelazah was old enough, there was no longer around to teach him. That's the way. I'll teach you. I'll teach you mice and recover. Esoteric parts of the Torah. Amalei Rabbalazah said to him, If I would have merited Gimitim Rabbi Yechnan Rabbach, I would have learned from Rabbi Yechnan, your teacher. I don't want to learn it from you. I want to learn it from the master, your master, the ultimate master. And later, Samar says that you shouldn't learn Kabbalah before the age of 40. That's where the age number 40 comes in. We don't find it anywhere before that. Maybe it's in the Zoyar hinted that, but age of 40. That Izal himself passed away before the age of 40. And, you know, and he learned, he learned Kabbalah. Uh, and say that. There is, it says, Rabbi Ishmael, the one who wrote Echolus uh, Rabasi, he is, uh, he, is uh, he, he started learning Kabbalah at the age of 13. So I'm saying there's no fast, fast rule. Just in general, when a person is 40, the Mishnah says in Ethics of Our Fathers, you can't be a rabbi and give instructions till the age of 40. Your mind is settled, you have the maturity of mind. So, so, so maybe also that's why you're not ready for the Kabbalah. You're not fully developed to really understand and grasp all these very profound points. Okay, your mother says, Rabbi Yezif, so, so Rabbi Lazar, he, Rabbi Lazar didn't want, not want to learn, turned away from learning the deeper secrets, even though when he was ready, he says, obviously I didn't merit, if I would have merited, I would have learned from Rabbi Yechelen, by the time I was ready, he passed away, so even though Rabbi offered, he, he politely declined the offer, and spent all his life only studying the revealed parts of the Torah. You should know that there were secret societies for thousands of years that Jews didn't even know about. That, can, that transmitted, like the Zoyar. The other time, didn't even know Rabbi Shem and his whole group of Kabbalists. They didn't even know it existed. It was like a hidden society, a secret, a secret uh, society. You know, Rabbi Shem was the greatest Torah scholar in his day. He's one of the only Tanoim. He's almost mentioned every single chapter in the old Shisasidi Mishnah. Brilliant. But as a, as, yeah, Rabbi Kiv himself was a great mystic. The, the mystical part was, was like an esoteric view. It was kept hidden. The whole Zohar, we didn't even know it existed. It only came about, it only was revealed hundreds of years later. So there was a whole secret society. Till the Barshemte, people didn't even know there was a group of hidden tzaddikim, mystics, geniuses. They knew the whole Talmud backwards and forwards, but they pretended to be simple people. And they were great Kabbalists. So there was a whole secret that's meant to be secret. So he did not include himself in this. He says, you know what? I'm, I'm going to stick to the Gemara. I'm not going to learn. Who are we talking about? What's this guy Abel Lazar. We just learned. Rabbi Yisif, Abba Gama Maisim Rekav. Rabbi Yisif knew the Maisim Rekav. He was a great Kabbalist. So, but the Pumpadis have a ton of Maisim Rekav. The elders of Pumpadis learned about Maisim Rekav. They were great scientists. They plumbed the depth of nature, of the world, the miracles of nature, the creation that Hashem created. So the elders of Pumpadis said to Rabbi Yisif, Ligmala Maisim Rekav. Teach us. Now we're ready to move up. Now we're ready to learn the ultimate wisdom. The wisdom of Kabbalah. The wisdom of Hashem. Amaraviyesa said to them, Agmarli Maisa, you teach me Maisa Bereshis, and then I'll teach you Maisa Makava. Basa de Agmarun. Okay, so they taught him. After they taught him, Amrulay knew 
Okay, we kept our part of the deal. Keep your part of the deal. Ling ben Amar, my sim recover. Amalou, Tanina, but we learn. Fash for Cholam. Honey and milk are under your tongue. It says in the Song of Songs, Shleim Amalou writes that honey and milk are under beneath your tongue. The vodim are masukim with fash for Cholam. Your tachas l'shaynu. I don't speak about things that are sweet as honey and milk, like the esoteric and the metaphysical and the Kabbalah. Don't speak about it. I'm sorry, I can't teach you. <laughs> so what do you mean? He fooled them. <laughs> he made a deal with them. But then when he learned from them, he realized, you know, they're not really qualified to learn yet. He was able to glean from, from being their student and learning. They were not ready yet for mice in the cover. Maybe they weren't old enough, or they weren't worthy of being the heads of rabbinical courts, whatever it was, or their heart wasn't enough, whatever it was. So therefore, he said, I have to keep it to myself. They say a, a similar story. The Alter Rebbe, they once asked him to blow Tkishayfer in the, in, by the Mazritcha Maggit. So he asked the Maggit, okay, teach me all the secrets of the, of the Shayfer. So he taught him all the secrets of the Shayfer, what to have in mind. And Alter Rebbe tells him, you know, by the way, I'm not a good blower. So why... He asked me to teach you all the secrets, and I did, because you're going to blow. What's going on? So he said, I learned from Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu asked Hashem, and the Jewish people are going to ask me, what's your name? Tell me your name. And Hashem gave him his name. And after Hashem taught him his name, he says, you know, Hashem, I can't speak. Send someone else. <laughs> we learned it from the following Pasuk and Proverbs. Shlema Mel says, Kvashim Lilvoshecha. Kvasim means the lambs. The lamb should be your clothing. So he seeks, we interpret the things that are the mysteries, Kivshena, that are hidden. The hidden mysteries of the world, of the universe, which, uh, should remain under your clothes. Don't reveal it. We already learned the Braises of Maisa Makaba till the verse. The verse that's in the Cheskel that he said to me, Son of man, stand on your feet. Amaluhus, Abiyasa said to them, Hein, hein, Maisim These two verses at the end. That's the essence of Maisim That's what Maisim is. Those two verses. The verses I saw the color of Hashmal, and the appearance of fire, etc. So he said, that is Maisim and... That's that's prohibited. That's that's what I can't teach you. Or Rashi says what he's saying is that's the reason why the rabbis say you shouldn't teach because because you speak about Hashem. We're speaking in in parables, and and you may by mistake, God forbid, envision a form as if you're talking about Hashem. You're talking about a physical form. That's the problem. That's why we don't teach it. Unless you're really ready, you're worthy. Mother continues, Mother asks, We learn the Braise, Adech and Maiser Makova. Until which point in the book of Yechesk is the Maiser Makova? Until, but not including, when it says, I saw, which is, which is an earlier, which is an earlier puzzle. Until the Eda. 
Rabbi Yitzchak Emer Adah Chashma. Rabbi Yitzchak says until the next verse, the verse of the of, of the Chashma. So according to both the Rabbi and Rabbi Yitzchak, most of the last two verses are not part of Meiser Mekavah. So how could Rabbi Yitzchak say that it's Meiser Mekavah? Rabbi Yitzchak is not He's arguing on Rabbi and Rabbi Yitzchak. So he might answer is Ad ve'Eda Magmedina until ve'Eda you can teach. From then on, you can only teach the chapter headings in generalities, not not uh, specific. In other words, the Bryce is not talking about whether you can teach it, you can't teach it, mice and recover. Of course, it's all mice and recover. Rabbi Yosef is right. The Bryce is discussing to what point could you speak openly and to what point do you have to start speaking like in hints and generalities. He says, That's what he says, That's the Machlechus. Others say, On the contrary, you give over generalities. From here on, you're not allowed to even give generalities. If he instinctively understands, then you can teach him. And if not, you shouldn't teach him at all. This two first two ve'edas is talking about the angels, the two angels, the vision of the angels, the fanim, the lower level of angels, and the vision of the angels called the chay, the the, uh, the chayes. And then the third ve'eda talks about what uh, the the vision of the man sitting on the throne. The question is whether the first two visions is also is considered part of the esoteric and the mystical Meiser Makava. Maybe that's part of creation. It's part of it. Just like Hashem created the physical world, it's also the spiritual realm, and that you could teach. And that's the argument. The first opinion says that you can teach it openly because the, until the third ve'eda, it's, it's all it's part of Meiser Makava. It's not Meiser Makava. Starting with the third ve'eda, that's Meiser Makava. That's why you could only, from that point on, you could only give over the chapter headings. According to the other opinion, no. Even the first two Vedas, the vision of the angels, is also part of Meisim Mekava. And therefore, you can only teach the chapter headings. Starting the, first, the third Veda, you can't even speak at all. Not even the chapter headings, unless he's a worthy student. Are you allowed to expound from the word B'chashmal? It was a youth who expounded on the word and the fire emerged from Chashmal and consumed him. He died. The answer shiny youth is different. The time hasn't come yet. He's too he's not mature yet. He's not ripe. He's not He doesn't have the maturity of mind, doesn't have the maturity of knowledge, doesn't have enough knowledge. That's why it hurt him. If you have the maturity then it's not then it's not a problem. Then you could teach. The truth is, he's remembered favorably. is remembered favorably. without him, he would have hidden the book of And everything should be hidden. It would be banned, banished, like uh, Google and this. They banish, banished. So you say some Why? Because it seems to contradict the words of Torah. There are many things in the book of Yecheskel that appear at first glance to go contradict the, 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 the laws of the Torah. For example, it says, any nevela, any nevela, koinim are not allowed to eat. 
It would seem only a kain is not allowed to eat a carcass. It wasn't slaughtered properly. But a Yisrael is not a kain is allowed to eat. It says clearly in the Torah, no one is allowed to eat a carcass. A kosher animal that was not slaughtered properly. There are many examples. Yeah, or a torn animal. It says in Yechazkel that the first day of the first month Nisan, you bring a bull as a sacrifice. And then it says on the seventh day of the month also. But there's no such sacrifice in the seventh day of Nisan. Yes, the first day is Rosh Chodesh. So many things that appear, that's why they wanted to hide it. So what did Hanania ben Chizkiyah do? And he brought up to his attic 300 barrels of oil. Yosha Baliyah, Vedarshan, he sat his upper chamber and expounded to reconcile them with the Torah until he answered all these contradictions. How, how did he reconcile it? This attic was mentioned, if you remember, Shabbos. This was the attic where the students of Rabbi Shammai were, were more than the students of Hillel, and they enacted the 18 decrees. So for how did he reconcile, for example, the problem with the Nevela? He says, really, it applies to all Jews. But the reason why he mentions specifically the Kayanim, because we find that a Kayan is allowed to eat from a Nevela. For example, a, a, a burnt offering, a sin burnt offering, which is cut with the nails for a year, that's a Nevela. And a Kayan is, is allowed to eat from it and has to eat from it. So I would think maybe all Nevelas doesn't apply for them. So that's why that's why he has to say specifically to emphasize that even the koyinim are not allowed to eat from a carcass. Oh, you're not allowed to, even though you're not allowed to hide a book in the Torah. But they felt the rabbis felt that there was a big danger. People are going to lose their confidence. They're going to say if this is not true, maybe the whole Torah is not true. So therefore, they were going to hide it until Hananiah saved the day. Hananiah and Chizkiah saved the day when the bottom of Amdalaf. And the rabbis learn. There's a story with a trial. He was reading these verses in school of Yechazkel, the beginning of Yechazkel, the, the vision of the chariots. He was thinking about Chashmal. And the fire came out and burned him. If he was wise, Hakel Chachamim. Are they all prodigies? Oh no, they wanted a response to the tragedy. They wanted to bury the book of Yechazkel. So it shouldn't cause it was a, it was a terrible tragedy that happened as a result of the book of Yechazkel. Today in schools you have shootings. In those days people died because they were great mystics. The kid was so mystical that he pushed it to expire. So they wanted to bury the book of Yechazkel. It's very dangerous. He's a prodigy. That's the problem. How many children you have to worry? They're over mystical. They're, they're, they're going to expire. The fire will come out. You have nothing to worry about. Don't worry. You have to be careful. But for children, you don't have to, you have to worry so much. My chashma, what's chashma? Rabbi Huda Rabbi said, we continue on side B. Chayis, Eish Mamalal, Chayis speaking fire. They speak fire. So chashmal is is chayes eish mamalis. It's a combination of words. Since the time we learned the brayse, itim chashes, itim mamalis. Chashmal means chashmal. Mal means to speak. Chash means to be silent. Sometimes they're silent, and sometimes they speak. When Hashem is speaking, they're silent and they're listening. 
when Hashem is not speaking, that's when they speak and they're praising, praising Hashem. Chashmal. The Rambam says chash means also to rush. Mal means to stop. Silent speech, rush, stand still. In other words, we're trying to describe something that's beyond words. Things that are easily described, you can put into words. Here, it's like you're describing something that's beyond words. It's, it's, it's like, like paradoxical. We, it's not the Hebrew word, chashmal means electricity. It's nothing to do with the word, even though he does say the chash is is fire. Electricity is like fire or whatever. Okay, now the Gemara expand, expounds. We're learning it. <laughs> here the Gemara says, don't learn about Kabbalah. And here the Gemara is going to spend <laughs> teaching Kabbalah, teaching to all of us. And the Chayis run back and forth like the appearance of Buzzer. What do you mean back and forth? Like a flame that emerges from an opening in the furnace and quickly back, you know, it jumps out, the fire jumps out, and then it retreats back. He says the chayas, like, look, what's above the chayas? The ice. So they jump up, they put their head out, and then they, they face the ice and they, and, they, and they go back down. So that's a shave. This is like the beat of life, you know, your heart pumps in and out, you breathe in and out, the, the pulse pulsating, there's back and forth because there, there's a there's a there's a desire a yearning to go, to move forward, to go and then there's a realization, a humility a realization to come back, you have to come back Hashem needs you and wants you and needs you back and there's an awe you come close to Hashem, then you become an awe of Hashem and you retreat and then you want to get close to Hashem, so you have a, an intense desire, fiery desire to get close to Hashem and you go up but then as you get close to Hashem, you come back down. It's the dance of life. That's the beat of life. That's the rhythm of life. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And that's why everything in heaven happens with a song. A song is you're, you're, you're yearning to go up. You're yearning to change. You're yearning to get out of yourself. That's expressed in a song. And then there's the song where you come back. Everything that happens in heaven is with a song. We, sit, we read the Torah with a song, a sing song. A Kemare Bazak, what do you okay? So we know we're Ratsu Vishav. My Kemare Bazak. I'm an Aviyesi Bachanin, the Kaeda Yetzim and Benacharasim, like a flame that merges between the shards of an earthenware utensil, so it jumps out and then it comes back. So Bazak can mean like broken pieces. The broken pieces of, uh, of earthenware. Rashi explains that the way they used to purify gold, when the goldsmith would purify gold, so he builds a fire of coal, puts shards on the coals, and he puts a pulverized brick on these shards, and he puts the gold in, in, this, in the hollow of this mound of, 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 of pulverized brick. Then he covers the coals and the shards with a dome made of earthenware, and it also has holes in it. So when the gold is purifying, the flame shoots up and it has all these different colors because of the gold. That's he said, Kemade Habazak. That it appeared like the opening of a furnace that was, that was very colorful. Like a darting of flames. 
between the shards and it had all these different colors as it was purifying the gold, you know, reflecting the gold. Okay. Then it says, it says in the passage, So there was a stormy wind coming from the north, from Babylon. was a great cloud with a flashing fire, and a brilliant brilliance surrounding from within it came a chashma the color of chashma from the, from the fire where did the stormy wind go from from Babylon stormy wind came to conquer the whole world to put it under the under the control of Nebuchadnezzar why why was it so important that Nebuchadnezzar should be king over the world? People shouldn't say that Hashem handed over his people to a low, a low nation. No, he handed them to a superpower. So first he made the superpower, and then he was able to conquer the Besam, destroy the Besam Mikdash, and conquer Israel and, and, and take the Jews into exile. What caused me to be an assistant to idol worshippers that I should help him? To build up his kingdom, I go. I'm working for him. I'm the same. Shei Solon Garmeli. The sins of the Jewish people caused me. Then the pasuk says, "Veida Chayes." This is oh, this is all part of his vision. Veida Chayes, and he saw the Chayes, the, the the angels called Chayes. When the Oifen Echad Baruch Hu Tzalach Chayes, and the Oifen was on the earth with the Chayes. Am Rabbi Lazar Malach Echad Shem Bart. This refers to a malach who stands on the ground but his head reaches into the heaven and fills with the chayyas. The ground of the heaven and then he reaches to the head the chayyas. He's a tonne in the mission with the Sandalfishman. His name is Sandalfi. He's taller than his colleagues by 500 years. And he stands behind the chariot. And he weaves crowns for Hashem. And we, from our words of Kedusha, Kaddish, Kedusha, Amen, Yeshmei So he take, he makes crowns. Right. So he makes crowns for Hashem. Blessed is Hashem from this place. No one knows this place. The angels say, from this place, it's a mystery. We don't know his place. From his place, wherever it is. That's what they, they just say, from his place, without specifying where his place is. He might answer, the Omer doesn't know Hashem's place. But he says Hashem's name upon the crown. It goes on its own and sits in Hashem's head. He makes a crown out of it. He puts Hashem's name in it. And then the crown goes on itself and, and places itself in Hashem's head. So the Rambam explains that the Kaimai place, I'm talking about a physical place. I'm talking about. A place, a person's level, a person's place in life, stature. Like you say, a person took over his place. A child takes over his father's place. Not only physical, 
means he took yeah. over and his statue of values. So the mother asked, no one could know Hashem's statue. No one could truly comprehend Hashem. How can an angel tie crowns to Hashem? He says, no, the angel does the best that he can according to his, his understanding. And then, and then only Hashem knows, knows himself. Anything also had a vision. But Yechezkel's vision is much longer and many more details. Why the difference? longer than Yechezkel, yeah, of course. So the vision of Ezekiel appears in a much shorter form in Isaiah. A what? Oh, no, I'm sorry. No, my mistake, my mistake. Yeah, Yechezkel is much, much greater length and richer in detail. So Yishai is like someone who grew up in a palace. He did. His, his uncle, Amatia, was the king. Yishai ben Amitz, and Amitz's brother, Amatia, was the king of Yehuda. So he was, he was familiar with the, with the protocols of the palace, which is a parallel of the royalty in heaven. So therefore, he wasn't so astonished by his vision. He didn't, didn't go. He didn't have to go into great details. Yechezkel was like a, someone from from a, you know from outside the city comes, and he, a villager comes to the city into the palace, so overwhelmed that he describes every detail and is like so excited. Moshe mm-hmm. doesn't even doesn't even doesn't even talk about the angels. When Hashem offered to offer the angels, Moshe said, "I'm not interested." Moshe, talk to Hashem directly. When you're talking to Hashem, you don't even notice angels. What angels? When angels? I don't even pay attention to angels. It's a sign of a lower level. Sometimes if you're shy, all of a sudden, angels, we're talking about angels. But still, in the higher level of angels, he was like the palace, he grew up in the palace, so he doesn't get so excited. Cheska was a lower level. So therefore, he got all excited, like a villager that comes to the palace and all the details and describes it in great detail. What's the meaning of the pasuk? It says in the Torah, in the book, in the Hashem ki goy goy. We'll sing to Hashem. He's exalted above the exalted. I'll sing a song to one who exalts himself over the exalted. Who is the king of the animals? Who is the king of the of the domesticated animals? The, the ox, Mel, who's the king of the birds, the eagle. Adam is God, a man is exalted upon all of them. Hashem is exalted upon man and upon the entire world. Man is above the world, Hashem is above man, above the whole world. That's why they were the ones who surrounded the, 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 uh, the throne of glory. One pasuk it says in Yecheskel it says that the image was the, the image of the, the face was all the, like the face of a man, a human face. And the lion's face to the right for four of them. And all four of them had an ox's face to the left. The ox is from the left and the lion is from the right.
and the eagle's face for all four of them. And each one had four faces. The angels that he saw, each one had four faces. One face was facing the crew. The second face was the face of a human. The third face was the face of a lion. And the fourth was the face of an eagle. He doesn't say, he doesn't mention the face of the, of the, of the axe. Ask Hashem regarding the axe and change it to a crew. The prosecutor, because the axe reminds us of the sin of the golden calf. So prosecutors become a defender. So the Hashem changed it to the face of the of the crew. The reason why the Jewish people chose the calf, why did they choose the calf, a young axe? Because they wanted to build something that, that parallels the axe in heaven, the spiritual axe. The, the, the angelic ox that, that, that acts as a chariot to Hashem. So, so you're going to have the face of an ox. Every time it's going to remind of the sin of the golden calf. Rashi says, what's katega? Katega is like two words. Someone who calls out a complaint, who raises a complaint, or an argument. Sandegar is Seinetagar. He hates. Someone who hates arguments. Seinetagar. Kategar Sandegar. What a microv. What's a krov? He switched the face of the axe to the face of a krov. Like a child. So to the krovim. On top of the ark in the base of Migdar, the temple, the Holy of Holies, also had the face of a child, according to Rashi. Krovia. Like a child, a boy and a girl, right? Yeah. Now it says in the passage, one face was the face of a crew, the other one face was the face of a man. So what do you mean? There's four different faces. Crew, you tell me is other. You say the face of a crew is the face of a child, of a human child, a human face. Gemara answers, yes, but an adult and a child. So there's two faces, one, two human faces. One is the face of a child, one is the face of an adult. Why did they switch an axe to a child? What's the connection? Because we're trying to say, Cheskel was trying to say that after the destruction of about to happen, the destruction of the first temple, the destruction of the temple will be an atonement. Ultimate atonement for the Cheta Ego. So, therefore, now the children are like pure, we're like children, we're innocent again. So, we're. One Pasik, it says, Each one had two pairs of six wings. Six wings. Each one had six wings. Why six? Two would cover its face. Two with covered legs and two with flies. Each one had six wings. Because of another verse, it says. So in Isaiah, it says six wings. In Yechaskel, it says. And four wings. Four faces and four wings. So which one is it? Six or four? The mother says, like, Kasha, it's not a contradiction. Tell the story with the Hele Geruzhina. 
that once a child, you know, like a celebrity, Rishon was a very special yid. And once a child was, Rishon the Rebbe, and once a child was steering, his father brought a child, his child to see the Rebbe. And he's steering at him, and he's steering at him, and he's looking, and he's looking. And he told his father, like his father asked him, what are you looking? He says, you always say that the Rebbe is like a malach. I'm looking for six wings. <laughs> the malach has six wings. Where are six wings? So the Rebbe smiles and says, go show him my six sons. He has six sons. <laughs> These are my six wings. It's not a contradiction. In the times when there was a base of Migdors, and they had six wings. And destroyed. Everything is diminished. The whole universe is diminished. Every angel is diminished. Lost two of their wings. Yeshaya was 200 years before Yechaskel. When the Beisam Mikdash was still in its grandeur. Yechaskel was already at the time of the Churban. It was about to leave and then it left. So therefore, at that point, they also lost two of the wings. Which of the wings did they lose? He said, two wings to cover the face, two wings to cover the legs, two wings to fly. Which of the two wings did they lose? The wings with which they sing. It says over here, they fly with two and they call each other, invite each other to sing Hashem's praises. It says in Proverbs, you close your eyes and it's gone. What does that teach us? That the wings are used to fly and song. So that's the wings. Those are the wings that were taken away. After the Beis HaMikdash, they're not singing. They're not singing anymore. The Kuni Sayer says that the six wings were written in the six words, Baruch Shem Kveid Machutz Leilambar. Baruch Shem on the upper wings that cover the face. Kveid Machutz in the middle wings. And Leilambar is in the lower wings. When they reduce the middle wings, like he just says, Kveid Malchuse was reduced because you don't have Kveid Malchuse. There's no base amygdala, there's no Kveid Malchuse. And that's what we say in Musaf. We say, Gale Kveid Malchuse Leinu. We ask Hashem, reveal, bring back Kveid Malchuse. Those are the two words that are missing. Build the, rebuild the base amygdala and reveal your Kveid Malchuse, the honor of your, of your Malchus. That the six wings correspond to the six orders of the mission. And since after the Khurban, only four are still relevant to us today. Right, Kachem and Tadis uh, don't apply to us today, so they're missing two wings. You know, Zerayim uh, still applies, and Moyed, and the Nashim, the Zikim. No, oh, Moyed, Nashim, and the Zikim, and Kachem. Tadis and Zeroyim don't fully apply to it. Okay. Yes, what's the Gemara asking? The contradiction between Yeshaya and Yechezkel. Well, why, why is it a contradiction at all? Yeshaya was talking about the Serafim, the higher level of Malachim. Yechezkel was talking about the, the, the highest, the lower level of the angels. So maybe the Serafim have six wings and, and, the, and, the, and the Chayas have four wings. Well, what's the, what's the shaila? What's the question? But Taisa says no. It doesn't make it doesn't doesn't make sense. Probably it makes sense that all the malachim have the same amount of wings, just different levels, because they all reflect each other. It's just in the lower level. It's the same thing, just in the lower level. So 
That's why the Gemara has to answer. This is the Churban, the time of the Churban, not the time of the Churban. Okay. The rabbis disagree. The rabbis say, The wings that cover the legs, they were taken away. The legs are straight legs. How do, how do we know? How you, if they're covered, the legs are covered, how do you know if they're straight legs or two legs, one leg or two legs? So you see that the Cheska was able to see because those, wing, those wings that cover the legs were taken away. Maybe, what's the proof? Maybe the, the wings do cover. It was just, uh, it was open. He saw. The wings were open. He's not going to say that. You can ask the same question. He's saying they have the image of a person. How can I the image? How could you say? You can ask the same question. The two wings cover the face. How could you see the face? Are you going to say they were missing also? They opened their wings. They flapped back and forth like wings, open and closed. So when they opened, he looked. He took a peek. He saw that they have the face. So when they opened the, the legs, he can see it's one leg. So it's not a proof. That's what he asks. So what's the proof of the Chachamim? says, How could you compare the two? It, it makes sense that the wings would open before its etiquette, that you open, you, you unreal reveal your face, you reveal your face when you're standing by your master. Even when you're standing by your master, the Merkava, you're standing by Hashem, why should I uncover my legs? No one is looking at my legs, you, you uncover the face. So how would he know the legs? A proof, that's where the Chacham brings that as a proof, that the, the two lower wings were removed. Which makes sense, the lowest wings were taken away. It's only the revelation, the Beis Amigdash, the Kedusha remains. It's only the revelation of the Beis Amigdash that was gone, that became hollow. So therefore, those wings should be diminished, not the upper wings. It says in, in Daniel and Daniel, thousands upon thousands are serving him. And tens of thousands, tens of them, arrays and arrays were standing before him. One Pasuk it says, Another hand, it says in the Pasuk, in, in Eve, in Job, that is there a number to his, to his legions of angels? There's no number, they're infinite. So which one is it? Here you're telling me there's thousands, tens of thousands, but there's a number, there's a finite limit. Here you're telling me that they're infinite. You know, like, gosh, it's not a contradiction. In the times of the Beis HaMegdash, it was infinite. After the destruction, everything was diminished. The whole universe was diminished. The heavens were diminished. And Hashem fired some of his angels. So Daniel was already after the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. After, after the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash, that's what he says, only thousands and tens of thousands. Eev, which was from before, says that there's no limit to Hashem's, to, to the amount of angels. Tani, we'll he answers differently. He says that, that it means in one camp, in one legion, in one division, you have thousands and tens of thousands. But the amount of legions, it's infinite. Literally infinite amount of angels. Amount of camps, of divisions. Within each division, it's limited. Each division is 10,000 or, 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 or thousands. 
thousands and thousands refer to the angels by the stream of fire. It says, A stream of fire was flowing from, from him, and thousands and thousands were serving him. And Merez was standing before him. So there, there it's where does it emerge from? It's the awesome the perspiration of the chayes. Where does it empty itself into? From the heads of the wicked again. It's part of the purification process. The fire, Gehenim of fire. Remember, it says, The storm of Hashem, a fury shall go forth, a temple shall seek rest. We will arrest in the heads of the wicked. Says, the stream of fire is emptied out upon those who were ordained. It says, it says in Job, those who were ordained before their time. <laughs> they went through the factory, the smicha factory. The foundations were swept away by a river. It's like sweat. When you sweat, the body expels your toxins, yeah, it expels your toxins. Like when the person gets angry, when you love, when you're in awe of Hashem, then you get angry at those who dear defy Hashem. So fire, you become fire, the chutzpah of those, the more you're in awe of Hashem, then you, you, it, it arouses a very harsh, severe, you become very strict and judgmental against those who dear defy Hashem, and that becomes the fire that falls on the heads of the wicked. These refer to 974 generations that really Hashem was going to create, but then Hashem saw they're very weak, so he skipped them and he created 26 generations and then he gave the Torah. So the, the fire goes on them. Hashem planted them in each and every generation. And these are the Chutzpin Yakis. Of every every generation, was asked, "How could you put them in Gehenim if they weren't created? They didn't even sin yet. It's not fear." Mm-hmm. So he says, "Hashem spread them generations, and then they sin, and therefore they're they're getting they're getting punished for having lived in sin." This verse, those who were cut down, is referring to a bracha. scholars are cut down in their own sleep. So to be able to learn Torah, Hashem will reveal secret matters in the world to come. Their revealed secrets will be like a pouring river. Everyone have a wonderful